game's all about. All of a sudden, you feel like you can't miss. I'm just leave it up there. He couldn't make that if he tried that again. Welcome to Buckets. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. Joined by my colleague and friend, Brandon Anderson, senior NBA analyst and NBA futures analyst. Brandon, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> uh, I am hanging in there. I'm on about like day 13 of COVID recovery. So I wiped out my birthday. I wiped out the 4th of oh. July, catching up on a lot of Apple TV shows lately. And uh, I believe the last useful thing I did was our post-draft podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago. So yeah. we're back. Let's do some NBA. Everything is the same. No one has changed teams. My favorite <laughs> team is awesome. It's great. Uh, yeah, I didn't want to out you on having COVID. I was trying to leave. <laughs> I always try to leave people like whether they want to reveal that or not. Um, yeah. So Brandon's. But that's why we we didn't have Brandon on last Friday's episode because uh, Brandon was obviously not feeling well. Hope you get better, buddy. Uh, thanks for doing the podcast. Appreciate you bucking up and getting the energy up to do this one with me today as we react to all sorts of things. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to make you more sick as we let's go ahead and start <laughs> with the Minnesota Timberwolves move. I'm going to try and talk you off of, I don't even think the ledge, you've already jumped off the ledge with, as far as this one goes. <laughs> I'm going to try and talk you back up onto the building, I think okay. is, is the best way to describe it. So obviously <laughs> you've heard the news if you're listening to this podcast, the Utah Jazz trade four first round picks, Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt to the Utah Jazz in exchange for all-star and defensive player of the year, multi-time, all-team defense, Rudy Gobert. So I want to talk about how to bet them, but the negatives are pretty obvious here. It's a ton to give up for a guy that's going to be in his mid-30s on making $47 million at the end of the contract. He's a player that obviously comes with a lot of caveats when it comes to the playoff performances. He's a player that doesn't necessarily inspire a lot of confidence as far as being like a like Rudy Gobert is, is not what's thought of as like a 16 game player. He's not like a big time playoff performer. Uh, I want to try and talk you into this because I understand it from the perspective of this move does not make us a contender. We gave up four draft picks to not be a contender the wrong way to think of it you move closer and these deals are becoming more and more standard between the atlanta hawks and the jazz and the bucks for drew holiday right and so it's not just stars like anthony davis that have gotten these halls or james harden like drew holiday they give up five picks and they won a title and you could say drew holiday's better than rudy gobert I think that's tough to argue just based off of like what Gobert brings to the table. Rudy's pretty impactful. Look, I'm, I've been low on Gobert. We've, we, we've talked, we Rod, I joke constantly about like, can't wait to bet against the jazz in the playoffs. Can't wait. Um, I like this move in terms of, I have a lot more confidence in Carl Anthony towns. Like that's a lot of this is like, if you're just like, I don't think Carl Anthony towns is good. I don't think he's like, I think he's, if you look at the worst performances in the playoffs and you're like, that's who he is. But that's the thing is like, I don't look at Carl Anthony Towns' playoff performance and go, that's who he is. I go, that's sometimes who he is. Sometimes he's a hugely impactful player that helps him to wins in like in game one versus the Grizzlies. Like Towns has had, had really good performances in that series and really bad performances in that series. He's a lot more versatile than he's given credit for. The biggest thing is that the problem with Rudy Gobert is no longer that you can space him out and switch and attack him. He's gotten better at that. The problem is that 
you can't, he can't punish you on the other end. But if your offense is good enough anyway, that's going to be okay. Does this roster win a title? No. Does this roster get out of the second round? Can't see it. I'm not saying absolutely because there's a lot of things that can happen. But like, does this team beat a fully healthy second round opponent? No. Does this get them closer? Yes. It gets them closer. The cost was incredible. I I agree. They overpaid. The problem is that if you're going to get one of these players right now with where the market is at, no kidding, based off what I've heard, like this is what you're going to have to get. Like This is what you have to do if you're going to get a player of this kind of level of impact. And you can opt not to, but then you're just going to stagnate, run out of gas, and slowly get worse. They got closer to where they want to go. They reinforced the floor. I get how much you're going to hate this move. I understand you're already looking for another team. But there are worse things than this move. As low as I've been on Rudy Gobert, I think you're overreacting a little. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate everything about it. I don't think that I'm overreacting. And uh, let, let, me, let me overreact. I think that this is going to go down as one of the worst trades in modern NBA history. And that sounds like a hot take. That sounds like a Stephen A. Smith statement that I am not that guy. But... I just think it's a horrendous move. It's not four first round picks. There's a pick swap in there. That's probably going to go. There's Walker Kessler, who was just a first round pick. You didn't like that. You didn't like. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't like probably the picks the Timberwolves would have made anyway. As Minnesota fans go through the, like the steps of the denial, anger, you know, all the different, uh, whatever the, the five steps that you go through. I've heard a lot of like, well, you know, the Timberwolves have only had like one good first round pick in two decades anyway. So we may as well trade all the picks. I've heard, well, we're going to make the second round now. The Timberwolves only done that once in 33 years. That's true. I've heard, oh, it's great to have a team that's pushing their chips in the middle. It's, it's nice to see something different. All the teams look the same now. It's all three pointers. Let's do the bigs thing now. That to me is loser mentality. All of that is franchise loser mentality. If you are talking yourself into, well, hey, maybe now we can make the second round or at least we're doing something or we would have screwed up the picks anyway. Like these are all terrible logic that you're using to try to console yourself into a deal that just doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't really think that this moves the team's needle that much for the ceiling. And I think it actually makes the floor worse. This is not necessarily the time you need to make an all-in move. This, this is a young, up-and-coming team. It was not a now-or-never situation. Gobert's 30. What's Ant? 23? 22? Yeah, 23. So they're not even on, like, adjacent timelines. Ant is still a year or two away from becoming what he should become, at least. And Gobert, like, look, Gobert is 30 already, turned 30 the week of the draft. He's on a long contract that is going to age poorly. It just is. We know from 75 years of NBA history, big men in their 30s don't age well. Rudy Gobert has a body type that's not going to age well. He's played a ton of miles over his career because he does a lot of national ball in offseason. Carl Anthony Towns, by the way, signed on to a huge Supermax extension that now has him signed into his 30s. So you have two centers signed on to massive, massive deals into their 30s. You don't have money left to sign Ant when it gets to his extension. You don't have money left to 
pay D'Angelo Russell if that's what you want to do. And you just, you have this team that is very capped out. We know D'Angelo Russell's not a playoff guy. We just saw that. We knew that anyway. We know Gobert's not a great playoff guy. It's not just this year. It's, I look today, three years of, of very mediocre playoff play. We don't know Towns isn't yet, but we certainly don't know he is. He has 11 playoff games and is basically a completely mediocre player so far. So let's talk about this from a betting perspective. The Timberwolves won 46 games last year. What do you think their line will be or should be for the upcoming season? And how do you think you'd think about playing it? If it's 49 and a half or below, I'm playing the over. If it's 54 and a half or higher, I'm playing the under. Do you have like a win range that you would put this team in of what, where, where you expect them? Because I've got a range. I'm curious yours. It's 50 to 54. That's my range. Is a, I think it's 50 to 54 wins. I think they, 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 they jump from a six seed to a solid, you know, probably I would say fourth or fifth. I think the thing is just like we've seen it with Utah. The Jazz always had great regular season net ratings, and they were worse with Gobert off the floor on offense and defense. The rim gravity works in the regular season. It doesn't work in the playoffs. Just having capable players around Gobert, and he honestly has better defenders now than he had in Utah. The Minnesota offense is still going to pop because I have a lot of faith in Chris Finch. It's going to be, I think they're going to be a top five offense. Minnesota is winning 50 games. I don't see them being a 60 win team, right? I might even go as high as like, if it's, let me put it this way. If it's, if it's 49 and and a half or, or lower, I'm going over. If it's 54 and a half to 58 and a half, I'm probably staying away. If it's 58, it won't be higher than that, right? No. It won't be higher than that. So if, it, if, if the books are anticipating a lot of movement on their over, and this is like 54 and a half, it's a stay away. But, or if it's like in the 52 and a half range, I'm going to have to really yeah. think about it, right? Yeah. 52 and a half seems like the most likely scenario. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I would say 51 and a half is about what my guess would be. My prediction of where I would put the win range, I have them at 44 to 52. I don't think they're going to move as high as you think. Uh, we'll talk about Atlanta here too, but both of the teams that traded everything to go in and get their guy, I think are right at the fringe of the play-in race. Like I did, I did my projections first time over the weekend. I have the Timberwolves as the seventh seed right now, and I have the Hawks as the seventh seed. So both teams that just traded everything in their future to barely even make the playoff proper necessarily. Um, you said that Minnesota has a lot better defenders around than Utah did. Do they? Because yes, there, they there's going to be they do, Brandon. Who, they do. Who, who's good. Who's a good defender on this Jayden, team besides Jaden McDaniels, Jaden McDaniels and Ant. Ant's a very good defender Ant defended well for like three games in the playoffs. And everyone has decided that he's a good defender. He no, can he's a good be defender in the regular season. The, the, like I look, I think D'Angelo Russell gets traded by the, by the trade deadline. That's just me. They've been looking to trade him. Like, I'm surprised he wasn't moved. I think that they tried to move him in this deal, and Utah was like, nah. So I think some other team buys, like, convinces themselves on D'Lo, and they make a move. So for me, like, I don't consider Patrick Beverly to be that impactful, given what he gives up. So I still think that this is going to be, I still think it's going to be a, a really good defensive team. Um, a lot of this is also built on the fact of, there were times last year when Towns was really good defensively. There was there's moments where he gets attacked for sure. He's a vulnerable player, but Towns' effort level is there. That's so much of this. It's just like, do you give a shit? And Carlton Towns actually did, does give a shit. Like he gives a shit about defense. He's not good. He's not good at it, 
but he gives a shit. And that factors in, I think, a little bit when we talk about what the ceiling is. Like, their defensive effort will be higher than what Utah's was with Mike Conley and Bojan Bogdanovic and all of these guys. Like, they just will have a higher defensive ceiling than what Utah did. That's how bad Utah got defensively. I think you're really underrating Patrick Beverly, who, who I thought was really important to what this defense did turning around last year. Jared Vanderbilt is gone. He's they were still replaced. good when they were still good when Bev was out. Remember when Bev missed times early and they actually had, I think a better defensive rating when he was on court than off. They were, but stretch. so Minnesota finished with something around, depending on which defensive rating you use, they finished around 13th, Utah finished ninth. So there's a lot of like, oh, we'll see Utah was only a little better than Minnesota anyways. And now you add in to go bear and there's going to be like top five, at least that's not how this works. And 13th is basically like a few possessions away from like 21st with how close the middle teams are. And we knew this. We talked about it the whole playoffs while the first round while they're in it. Minnesota's defense was smoke and mirrors like that is not a number 13 defense. What we saw last year, it was a try hard defense scheme that was never going to hold up. No, I don't don't agree with that. I don't agree. That's not accurate. Honestly, they got screwed by the rule changes more than anything. Like they weren't, they weren't gambling. They weren't blitzing. This wasn't Jason Kidd, Milwaukee Bucks. It wasn't smoke and mirrors, Like they were legit good. Like they were a legit good defense. They were trying to figure out other options because they knew in the playoffs that stuff's harder. And that was where they started to struggle. But I'm, I'm not willing to describe them as like a, as a smoke and mirrors defense. This is, again, you are projecting because you wanted them to, true, true or false, you want them to be the Memphis Grizzlies. What do you mean by I want them to be the Grizzlies? A young team, all this draft equity, constantly <clears throat> drafts well. They got a superstar you know you can believe in, John Morant. Like, that's the team that you want them to be. I mean, I don't know. I've ever thought that before, but I would like that. I mean, look, we have my Twitter post of me narrowing down my teams. I'm thinking about the Grizzlies are in the final five. So sure. Let's put, let's be the Grizzlies. Any franchise should want to be the Grizzlies. You can't be the Grizzlies fan. I got, I've got claim on that. You don't get, (laughs) you don't get to do that. Um, I I just, I I worry that I worry that the offense might get a little worse. I, I don't think we're talking much about like we're moving towns out of center. The thing that makes towns the most valuable is getting matched up against the go bears of the world. I, I still think you can play that a lot though. I still think you can play towns for long stretches at small ball five and not I mean, small, it's not ball. small ball. I know. He's I know. I know. For, 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 for them, yeah, for sure. them, small ball, right. five, right. You can still play towns at center a lot. And then I, just again, the, the offensive, like the jazz had the best offensive rating in the league last season, Brandon, like they had the best, but it wasn't of- because of Gobert. Yes, it was. It just, oh, I hate, no, I hate this. I hate this. Cause I think no, he's don't over- even, don't even bring me the screens in here. Don't even, don't I'm not, even, I'm not going to do that, but look, I, I'm, I've always re- argued against this because people act like what he reflects is indicative of his value. And he's not right. Like his inability to score on his own, but that rim gravity in the regular season. Yes, agreed. So that, that's the key here when we're talking about this betting thing. Like you and I, are, neither one of us are going to bet on the town on, on the Wolves to win the title. Neither one of us are going to bet on the Wolves to win the division, right? No, correct. I will probably like some Denver, Minnesota for second straight forecast stuff. Yeah. Right. But let me ask you this. If the number is 48 and a half, is that a stay away or an under bet for you? 48 and a half is probably a stay away for me. Uh, I think that line is too low because I think they're going to get way too much money on the over if they set it there. Like that, that's basically about like I have them forty-four to fifty-two. So that means I I put put them at forty-eight, but I know I'm low on them. 
Like, yes, I, I would. I will be very surprised if there's not a five at the beginning of the number. It's going to be there, which means that I will be taking an under on it because that's the high end of the, the outcome for me. I, I worry Jane McDaniels was really good in the playoffs. Absolutely. Has been very inconsistent. He's young and he's basically the only wing player they have. And now they have the rookie Wendell Moore. I like both of them, but they're not ready yet. And there's there's not a lot on the wing there. The bench is mostly non-existent now. So some of those things, like a regular season, those things come into play too. And we know the way that this goes so far, we know Gobert is going to miss like 15 or 20 games. That's what he does. We know that D'Lo is going to miss some games. We know Towns will probably miss some games. Like that's just part, part of the rotation is you got to plug in now Nas Reed is taking the Gobert role for a while. Hang on. Or... Oh, hang on. All right. He, he missed 16 games this season. He missed just 11, less than that. He missed, what, nine? Wait, how many games did we play in 2021? Mm, 72. 72. So he missed three in 2020. You're right. You're right. I looked back and I forgot we didn't do the 82 games and yeah. I saw the 60s numbers. So and yeah, 80, he's gotten a little healthier yeah. lately. That's yeah, and, and 81 in, in 2019. Like he hasn't, no. the most he's well, missed was it. Was last it helps season. that uh, he gets like the whole summer to rest every year. That helps for sure. 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 I'm not, I'm not here for that, but <laughs> the difference I think though, I will say this. Um, if you're asking like, how does this team become a contender? It's that they still have major trades. Like, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm just like, again, I put this out there. Like I think it's pretty likely the cat gets traded by the end of it. And if you trade cat, you can absolutely get the kind of move that puts you over the top. If ant becomes the guy that people think he can be, and you have go bear and you trade towns, the next year we could be talking about the wolves as a serious contender. Like, yeah, I, mean, I don't think, I don't think next year, but I think as I've tried to talk myself off the ledge long-term, that's where I've tried to go. It's like, okay, to me, the message to take away from the playoffs from Minnesota this year was this is ants team. Yeah. I don't know when the switch happened. Maybe it was the playoffs. Why are you making a trade for a 30 year old center? If you've just gotten the message, this is this 22 year old dude's team. Like, I don't know how that's the message, but yeah. The team's floor raises. I think you're right. Like, look, it does matter that Minnesota for the next three years is going to make the playoffs every year. That's not nothing for this franchise. They're going to make the second round somewhere in there. I don't think very often, but somewhere they're going to win a playoff series. That's not nothing for the franchise. And along the way, now when the next whoever becomes available in the trade they might want to go to Minnesota because now the Timberwolves are the Grizzlies. Now they're a team that like, oh yeah, we got this young star, Anthony Edwards, and we got these other good players. Like, I don't think it's a year, but I think that's the sell you have to believe in is let's say that Ant is that dude. And let's say Jaden was worth keeping at the cost of whatever extra draft picks. And now the, the floor rises. And now over the next two or three years, the team isn't this team. This is not a title team. This is not even a, a finals contending team. I don't think anyone really thinks that, but you're, you're rising the sea level and trying closer. to set up for more moves. You get closer. I, I get that. I just don't think they got closer enough to have given that much to move the needle here. Gave but up, I understand gave, that's the idea. They gave up draft picks. You wrote 40,000 words and dropped it on draft day on, on, on the draft guys on your big board. <laughs> Like, of course, you're going to think this this deal sucks. Another deal that you're going to think sucks is the Atlanta Hawks who went in on DeJounte Murray. This one was even more speculative based on the fact that Murray has is less accomplished, at least than Gobert. Um, the Hawks trade a ton of picks, a ton of swaps, 
to get DeJounte Murray on board. They moved Kevin Herter in a, in basically a cap saving move. Um, Lou Williams is not going to return. Gallo has gone. John Collins still sitting there. <laughs> They're just never going to try. I'm going to hear, be hearing about John Collins stories until I die. Um, so let's just talk betting from this. Is there any scenario given that PJ Tucker went to the Sixers? Is there, and there's a decent chance. I think Tyler hero gets moved. Decent. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Is there any chance that the Atlanta Hawks win the division? So the division, the division is them or Miami, basically. Yes. Yeah, it's not Charlotte. Because I don't. I don't think Charlotte. No, Charlotte. Them. No, Charlotte. No, Orlando. Who's the no. fifth? Washington. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's basically a Miami or Atlanta heads up. Yeah, I think Atlanta could beat Miami. Uh, on my projections right now, I have Miami at the five seed and Atlanta at the seven seed, which I think is probably slightly lower than most would expect for either of them. But, Shock, but I think it's shocker. close. What? I mean, look, everyone thinks every team is good. You have to actually like sit down and list the fifth teams in order. And you're like, oh, some teams can't be the three seed. It Miami out. had the one seed this year and you never thought they were good. Miami, Miami had the, I, I just, I like other teams better. Like you have to like some teams better. Look, if we want to talk about seeding, anyone would agree. Boston, Philly, Milwaukee are ahead of both these teams, correct? Yes. yes. Okay. So that's only three. So I have them at the five, not the four. I have Cleveland slightly fair. ahead. That's, that's all. That's, that's all. That's so I, I have Miami 40 to 52 wins, Atlanta 45 to 50 wins. So Wait, you have Cleveland range. ahead of Miami? Look, that's a conversation for another day. I think Cleveland's being slept on. I thought the Cavs right. were really, really good this year. Okay. I actually liked that they picked up Rubio. They picked up Rolo. I, I think they're going to be a really solid team as the young guys keep improving. Okay. Um, that to me, that's how you build a young team. You add the little veteran pieces and let the young guys keep moving. I, I was surprised. My initial take on the Atlanta trade was like, okay, well, that was good. Now, what else are they going to do? They still have too many things. How do they consolidate this? Yeah. I was surprised looking at it. The, the bench is really like, it's intriguing. There's guys I like, but there's not a lot of depth here that you feel reliable especially because is Bogdan Bogdanovich injury situation still a question mark or is he good to go? I believe he's going to be, I believe he's going to be ready for camp. Okay. So he's, he's really like, I think he's an interesting six man of the year candidate if he's good to go, because there's not a lot else there. There's the holidays, Aaron and Justin, who are nice. They're nice, solid bench players. Uh, Okongwu, I like a lot. He's going to be a good player. Uh, Jalen Johnson, Last year's rookie, probably gonna have to play a big role. AJ Green, I like this year as a rookie, but you know, Sharif. rookies don't come in. Sharif Cooper, like there, there are guys I like, but they're not ready yet necessarily. So I, I worry a little about the bench. And again, Trey Collins, Capella are guys that like body types. They're not necessarily hold up all season. Hunters had injury problems. I actually though. I like Trey and DeJounte together much more than I initially thought I would. Yeah. Um, I, I hated this trade. And then Minnesota traded like twice as much the next day. And I was like, oh, well, this maybe not so bad. No, I think still not great. They gave up a lot. But Trey and DeJounte together, uh, DeJounte to be able to play the backup point guard minutes for Trey, which has been a huge hole for this team. I think that does raise the floor for them. What I would love to see happen is this. I really like Onyeko Okongwu. Like, I think he should be the starter. I think that he can raise that that team's floor and Capella, it's time to move on. I want to see what they can do 
if they can move Capella and Collins and kind of go with Trey DeJounte at guard, Okongwu at center, and then see what else. I just, I don't, I don't see the forward situation. Gallinari, goodbye. Herder, goodbye. I don't need those guys around. But something that's not Collins Capella in the front court, I think Atlanta is a move away, but they're interesting now. So I could see them ahead of Miami. If Atlanta, what number would Atlanta have to be at at a plus number on the division for you to consider them versus Miami? Honestly, I like him. I'm going to like him at plus 250 or better. Oh, I don't think it'll be that long. You think it'll be that long? I don't think it'll be that long. Yeah. I I was going to say anything like 200 or longer, I'll be looking at for sure. I don't want two to one. I just, I I think it's because the problem becomes it's too much of a coin flip. Right. Like it's just, if I, yeah, but are you getting two to one on a coin flip? I'll take it. That's pretty good. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I, wor- I worry about like who's, who is Miami's power forward starter, whatever, who is their fifth starter right now? Is it Duncan Robinson? Is it like somebody has to start in PJ Tucker's place? I don't right. know who it is. I couldn't really figure out the answer. I right. saw on a depth chart Bobby Marks put out on his article today. He's got their rookie, Nikola Jovic, starting at power forward. Nope, Miami's not going to be doing that this year. Right. Like, they well, don't have a, a well, fifth starter. Well, if it's Kevin Durant, that might be pretty. Well, you know, that's, that's, yeah. he'd slot in nicely there. Yeah, he'd slot in nicely. Um, yeah, I think my problem is just, like, we saw the, this Hawks team underperform so drastically last season, and they haven't addressed a lot of my concerns as far as the chemistry goes where I'm just still like, I still think we're going to, it's going to be December and John Collins is going to be like, what are we doing? Like every single year, he's not, he's unhappy with his role. I think for pretty valid reasons. And I don't love keeping Bogdanovich. They, they tried to move Capella and they couldn't like if the Hawks were to make one more move, one more move, I'm probably in, even if it's just like equal or slightly lesser value, I will like the cumulative change up enough because i do love trey and Dejounte together like you start you start stacking it up who are the two best players in the miami heat right now it's bam out and jimmy butler who are the two best players on the atlanta hawks right now it's trey young and Dejounte murray there's a gap there but there's not a huge gap like you and i are in agreement there's gonna be value on the hawks division odds yeah I am worried though that because of the Dejounte buzz like there will i'm worried that we're gonna get like a well, we're going to get like a plus one fifteen, plus one thirty number, and then I'm going to be like, yeah. I don't, no, I don't think there's value. On I'm this. not interested at that number. I think if you like the buzz on an Atlanta division number, you have to be playing two angles. You have to like something about Atlanta, which we kind of do. I don't think it sounds like either of us love Atlanta. To me, the reason I might still look at it is because you also have to like Miami to drop off a little bit, and that's the part where I I am there that I do expect, you know, just. They lost P.J. Tucker, who's a very good defender. The defense won't be as good without him. And Jimmy Butler has a ton of mileage. And we've been waiting for a few years now for, you know, the year where he misses like 40 games and the Tibbs factor finally comes home. And they just had a deep run this year. So I'm, I'm worried about that coming off of the long season. I think if you're looking at Atlanta division, it's a double bet. It's a bet a little bit on Atlanta, but a little bit on Miami to fall back some. And I don't mind the combo there. I don't want Atlanta just on their own. I think you're right. They might be two moves away. It might be thus. A year from now, either Collins or Capella is gone for something, whatever it is. And I think maybe Nate McMillan it, it comes out for like the, the next step up as a coach. I think maybe that's the other half move that they need to do. Um, 
if you're going to bet this, when this, this number's not out yet, we don't have division odds yet. Do not bet it until the KD thing gets settled. Under no circumstances yes. can you bet this until yeah. you, you're, know, you're you have to know. You have to know Miami Heat are not going to get KD before you bet this. You absolutely Correct. have to wait and, uh, for this. Um, the way I'll probably bet it, honestly, because you know I like these bets, I'll bet Hawks won Miami too. Oh, yeah, the, for sure. That's division. the way to go. Not just division. on division. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I, I think Charlotte, I mean, we'll, we'll see. We don't need to talk about the two guys on their team that are missing right now for obvious reasons. But I, I don't have Charlotte even in the play-in race right now. I don't think yeah. they're in, in the picture at all. It's not good. Uh, let's talk about, let's talk about the Atlantic. Let's turn into a, a very Eastern Conference podcast quickly. Uh, let's talk about the Atlantic division, though, because I want to talk about kind of, we'll, we'll revisit these when the odds come out. I want to talk about the free agency moves for various teams. So the third team on actually that you sent me on the, the teams that you want to talk about, I thought was interesting. You want to talk about Philly. Um, you want to talk about the Philadelphia 76ers. So we got the Philadelphia 76ers who add PJ Tucker. Uh, they add Daniel house. They are basically reforming this team in, in the form of the 2018 Rockets minus Chris Paul. You basically swap out Chris Paul for Joel Embiid, which is a weird swap, but that's what they've done <laughs> essentially. Um, and you swap out, Clint Capella for Tyrese Maxey. That's kind of like the change it up. And they're building that. Um, the Boston Celtics make the big trade. They traded basically all their bench for like their end of the bench guys, Aaron Neesmith, et cetera, for Malcolm Brogdon. Got an absolute steal on that deal. Yep. The Raptors haven't really done anything. They re-signed Chris Boucher. They added uh, Otto Porter. That was yep. kind of their big free agency acquisition. And the Knicks added Jalen Brunson for all of the money in all of the world. And the Nets are imploding into the sky. So there's like a lot to try and factor in here as far as it goes. When these odds come out, the Celtics are going to be a heavy, heavy, heavy favorite. They are the NBA title favorite right now. And I think that might be a little aggressive after I kind of got through the first initial rush of it. Like the fact that people are really putting the Celtics, I know the Celtics just went to the finals and they were two in short. I get it. I do. And I love Malcolm Brogdon. So I should be all in on this. He solves a lot of problems for them. I love the move. It's a great trade. I'm not like, ooh, 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 let me bet the Celtics. And that means that they're going to be a massive division favorite. I'm probably going to talk myself into somebody else for the division, at least as far as like a long shot bet, because all the odds I think are going to be pretty long. But let's start with Philly, and then we'll move to Boston. Brandon, um, what are your thoughts on what the Sixers did? Short-term deal for for James Harden. They bring in basically the Rockets guys. What are your thoughts? Well, we don't have a Harden deal yet, do we? Not solidified. We're, yeah, it's we, we, it's we expected assume, to be a three-year deal. Yeah, three years, something in the like the thirty-five million a year range, which is is just a for anyone that wants to care about Philadelphia. That is that that's a perfectly palatable, possibly even good contract for James Harden. Um, look, I, I am never the Sixers guy. I am done with James Harden. I've never been the Joel Embiid guy. I, I really like this offseason that they've had. This is exactly the offseason that you want to have for Philadelphia. PJ Tucker, awesome defender next to Joel Embiid is going to be great. You didn't mention DeAnthony Melton. That's their draft pick, basically. They traded their first round pick for DeAnthony Melton. Look, you love Melton. You you were wanting to bet him for sixth man of the year coming to the season. Uh, Melton next to James Harden. Yeah, that was like that was initially Houston brought him in. And I was excited, and then Harden tanked his way out of there. I think it's a perfect compliment to James Harden. Just another 
awesome, awesome defender. They still have Matisse Taibo, awesome defender. Daniel House, really like just perfectly made three and D wing guy. They've got like, it almost feels like then I, then I remember, oh, they still have Tyrese Maxey to do awesome things. I, I almost would love, I, I don't think they'll do it because of his stats with the team. I kind of love to see him come off the bench and like play more of these defensive guys in the lineup and let Maxi just cook off the bench. I don't know if they'll do it, but that would be a heavy six man of the favorite pick for me. If, if they did Tobias is going to do Tobias things. I, I think Philadelphia has a real chance to, to be the best defense in the NBA. When you got Embiid and Tucker out there and then throw in Melton or house or Tybal, you're probably going to have three all NBA defenders on the court much of the time. And you can cover for Harden and you cover for, you know, Tobias has been fine. Maxi's fine. So I think the defense will be really good. And again, I, I'm looking just at regular season on these. I, I, I don't know that I will ever bet an Embiid Harden title future. That's just not me. It's just not a thing I'm going to do. But regular season, we'll do Boston in a second. I think Boston and Philly are one and two in the East. I think that that's the teams vying for the one seed. When I look at a team that I think is going to be an awesome regular season team, what I want more than anything else is an awesome defense. And I think the Sixers can have the best defense in the league. I have already bet Joel Embiid at 30 to one to win defensive player of the year, not because I think he will be the best defender, but because I think he could be the buzz guy on the best defense or close to it. And I think if you want to bet the division, somebody not Boston, I think Philadelphia regular season is going to have some real value on it. I think the division odds are going to be the best thing for Philadelphia. If you think like Boston has injury issues and take a step back or just like the hangover for making the finals, all those types of things. Uh, the division odds are probably the, are probably the favorite there. Maybe the win total. I might just yeah. target the Sixers win total. And that way I don't have to worry about Boston. Right. Um, Cause the, it, it's going to be a pretty high number still, but it can't be too high because they had most of this core last year. Like you're not upgrading them substantially for PJ Tucker, Anthony Melton, Daniel house. Like you're just not. So I think there's probably going to be value on the win total for the Sixers when it comes out. That's going to be one of the plays I'm going to be looking at. Look, I already bet them. They were I, after the, I'm taking a victory lap. It's victory lap time. Um, after the NBA finals, I put out an article that had the three teams that I bet immediately to win the NBA title. I bet the Clippers at plus eight uh, plus nine fifty. I bet the uh, I'm sorry, plus eight fifty. I bet the Philadelphia 76ers at plus sixteen hundred. And I bet the Milwaukee Bucks at plus 800. Those are the three teams. Because I was just like, the Bucks are going to be back there no matter what they do. The Clippers are the team that I think is undervalued in the market. And immediately that, that moved to plus 600 now. And the Sixers, I was like, it's Daryl Morey with a full offseason to build around what he has. Like, he will rebuild this team. That team last year was not Morey's. That team last year yeah. was the leftovers and, like, the transition from the previous era. And I knew that Maury would take this summer. Like he made the Harden move, managed the Simmons deal, got Harden. I knew he would build a team around him. Now Harden is worth fading. I think at this point, that's a fair thing. But do I feel like the Sixers title odds are going to be better than 1600 by the time that April rolls around? Yeah, I do. I'll be looking for a cash out. If they don't give me that, I'll be looking for hedge options. Like, I don't know that. I'm as right now, I am skeptical that the Sixers are going to win the NBA title, but the value is unquestionably there. The value is well, unquestionably there. 
And then I think too, again, we've got to make a distinction here. I don't know that you would say regular season Harden is worth fading. I think regular season Harden is still going to be a pretty good, valuable player. I don't, I don't think either one of us wants our money on Harden in the playoffs, deep right. in the playoffs, but regular season, sure, the value can be there. Uh, please, please don't let me talk myself into another James Harden MVP position. I think I'm done with that for good now. But look, like, even if this is going to sound terrible, but if James Harden is like Fred Van Vliet or, or just like a really good, like borderline all NBA type guard, not MVP James Harden anymore. That's fine. You still have a top three defense, potentially an MVP candidate center and a Fred Van Vliet type guard. That's and you have Maxi and Tobias. Like that's still a really, really good team. Like that team can still be that good in the regular season. So I think you're right that not betting on the one seed because you don't know what happens with Boston. You don't know what happens with Milwaukee, not betting on division because the Boston thing Boston does scare me a little bit, just it, it, in a, like Boston could have a monster regular season. I agree with you again. I don't know that Brogdon and Gallinari is like, oh man, they're the title favorites now. They're overwhelming. They were almost there. And now Malcolm Brogdon and Danilo Gallinari are going to push <laughs> them over the line. Like I, I can't quite get there. However, they just won 51 games. But if you look at like the Pythagorean, they deserve to win 59 games this year. Remember, they lost a ton of close games this season. Early and on, yeah. they weren't very good the first couple months of the year compared to what they became. So they got lots better, then added Derek White, now Brogdon, now Gallinari. I think Boston is a clear favorite to be the one seed. And again, it's the defense. The defense is going to be good. They're deep. They have basically seven good starters on a team where I think we still start only five guys. So you're going to have the depth and the defense. I think they are going to be a great regular season team. I'm just going to talk myself into fading them. Look, a lot of this is that you bought in 100% on, on that team that they were yeah. that, that after January. You bought in 100%, which is why you're... And you talked me into betting them in the finals, and I will never forgive you for that. You're welcome. Uh, ever for that, um, as they were revealed to be frauds. I'm just kidding. They made the finals, they're not frauds. Uh, <laughs> but they capt. Here's the thing: they captured something that was about chemistry and flow. Like it wasn't like the actual underpinnings of the team. Like they captured something, but those things are usually ephemeral. Yeah, I what I mean by that, it's like the feeling around the team. That team felt like the vibes are sh- the, are are shifting, right? Like the whole thing was very much about where they were in that moment, and a worry that that's not going to carry over. I don't know that that's a reason for me to fade them. It's probably a reason for me to bet other teams as longer shots, right? Yeah, like I might take like a Bucks number one seed, or we'll see what else happens. Like a um, which I think of like who else is, is really in that conversation. Cleveland, Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> I like Cleveland, but you're ruining them by doing this. So like these other teams I might take is like potential jumps. I'll look, I'll look at the, at the landscape and the numbers and, and maybe take some shots on that just because it feels like to me, it'd be very reasonable for Boston to take a slight step backwards. You coming off of the hangover from the championship run 
right? Like teams that do, I need to look back and see teams that lost in the finals. I have the stats somewhere teams that lost in the finals and they're over unders. Um, The other thing I'll say is they're likely Boston's likely to get maybe the highest over under of any team outside of, you know, whoever ends up with KD. And so if that's the case, then the history has really shown that you fade those teams. Like I did the research on this last year. You should just bet against whoever has the highest win total. Just take the under on whoever has the highest win total. So I love the Brogdon move because it directly solves my biggest problem with them is they had nobody to organize the offense and provide as a connector as well as be a shooter. Everyone's like, Brogdon's not a pure point. I'm like, I'm not saying he is, but Brogdon's a player that will settle them down and make sure that they get into their offense rather than whatever that was in the finals when they're vomiting up the ball every 35 seconds. So it helps. They're, they're better. Uh, I don't love the value on them at plus 550 to win the title. I think that's too short for this time of year. Uh, And so I'm not going to be looking to bet Boston right out of the gate. Here's the one angle, whether you are closer to Matt or closer to me as a better on, on where you want to bet Boston, if you are like us and kind of trying to build positions and be able to pivot later, here's the one spot I think you need, because I think you agree, Matt, that Boston is very good and going to be a team in the mix of things. You know, like if you want to play the division, you're going to want some sort of ticket on Boston that you can hedge off of. You want to play Eastern playoff teams, you're going to need a Boston ticket to hedge off of at some point, or else you're just going to have to live with them beating you. So I think the way that you can maybe get a Boston ticket that's not at a high price right now, I think is Jason Tatum MVP odds. And look, I don't think Jason Tatum is going to win MVP. I just think that Boston is a very likely one or two seed. And Tatum is the guy that will get the buzz as well. The best player on the best team. We know that's how MVP works. I think that Tatum, if Boston is as good as we expect them to be, Tatum's going to line up as getting the buzz as the, the here's, here comes Boston. Here's the superstar. Tatum gets that kind of Paul George early 2010s type top three or top four MVP candidate. So if you can get him right now, or get him at a decent number. I think he's like around 1200, 1400, something like that. Those odds, I think are going to shorten as Boston gets better, just because you're going to have the star on the team. So I think that is a way you can play Boston. Even if you don't love Boston, a way to kind of play their angle and give you some pivot points later. What do you think about Tatum MVP, even as like a, a cash out or a hedge sort of angle? I'm trying to think of the last player that lost in the finals to win MVP. Hmm, that's interesting. Right. So oh, yeah, the finals losing teams don't do great. So oh, uh, LeBron did LeBron. I mean, that seems to be our most likely candidate. He's got a lot of chances. So not LeBron in 2015 off of that loss. LeBron in 2012 would have done it because they lost the Mavs and then oh, yeah. won MVP the next year. So yeah. that's probably it. Yeah, they did. He did win MVP in in 2013 or in 2000. But I don't know. I don't know that LeBron winning MVP really proves much, other than that LeBron Ms. wins LeBron. MVP. <laughs> yeah, LeBron. LeBron's pretty good. Um, I'm actually looking back earlier when he was when he first won. So his first one was 09. Okay, so not after did, the finals, but loss. not after the finals loss. Yeah. All right. So I mean, I, I think that that's pretty relevant here. I think yeah. that's a big reason not to do it is. Teams that guys that you that lose in the finals usually don't for whatever reason. 
Um, but again, so, I, I don't think that he's going to win. I do think that he's going to be the one of the, the third or fourth guy. And then you're going to have the you know, position that lets you buy into the guy you like later. I guess the question is, like, do you see if voters have to choose between what we expect from Luka Doncic and what we expect from Jason Tatum? Is Jason Tatum going to be able to win it? We'll come back to Dallas another day, probably. I'm yeah. a little, I, I'm not as excited about Dallas as I once was. Like, I like the Christian Wood move, and then Jalen Brunson left, and then they signed JaVale, and like For $20 million. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I worry that Dallas is going to be in a similar spot to kind of what the Nuggets were this year. And I know that, that, that they just had the MVP, but we spent the whole season trying not to give the MVP to the team that was like, well, they're barely even in the playoffs. So before we get out of here, the reason that this isn't like headlined by the Kevin Durant stuff, right. Is just from a betting perspective, all the value is gone. The Suns took the early money. Now I bet the Suns the week, like before, because I had talked about this on podcast. Like there was a lot of talk that Phoenix was going to be a preferred destination. If Kevin Durant got traded, this is before he requested out. So I bet the Suns, and that was logged in the app and the notifications came up. Like I bet the Suns. So Right now, the best value is probably on the Toronto Raptors. Like, the, if you're looking to bet the KD angle, that's the only thing I have for you. Is I think the KD, I think the Raptors are probably the best angle. Everyone in Toronto, media and fans, media more importantly, is very convinced that they're not going to they're not going to give up Scotty Barnes in any deal. They will not do that. They will not give up Scotty Barnes. Makes sense. Why would you give up Scotty Barnes for Kevin Durant? <laughs> Who would do such a thing? Uh it's possible if KD's like, I want to go to Toronto, that's it. Then they can get that deal done. No Scotty, they'll trade whatever else. Like the ideal is like OG, Gary Trent Jr. and picks, which would be the single most lopsided <laughs> trade of all time. Um, Miami does not have the pick equity. And any deal would pretty much have to require one of the stars going. And KD has said he wants to play with stars. I don't know if he feels like Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam or stars. So that's a question on Toronto's side, but reportedly he wants multiple stars. Uh, to me, I still think the most likely scenario is he ends up in Phoenix. If you want to bet the Warriors, you're pretty much covered either way. Either he goes to the Golden State and they become a minus 125 to minus 150 favorite to win the NBA title. Or he doesn't, and the Warriors are still really good and can still win the title at the number that they're at right now. Yeah. So, like, the best Kevin Durant angle right now, given that all the money is gone from Phoenix, like, the, the value has been driven down. Because, they're like, don't bet where Kevin Durant's going to land. Don't do that. No. Just bet that team to win the title. Like, that, don't, don't bet player next team, right? right. Because Suns are minus 110. No. Raptors are plus 300. No. The Nets are plus 400. No. The Heat are plus 1400. It's good value, but no. The Warriors are plus 1400, maybe. But you can also just take that and bet the Warriors at plus 600 to win the title. And if he goes there, this goes to a minus 125. You're gaining incredible EV. But if he doesn't, the Warriors are still probably more likely to win the NBA title than plus 600 anyway. So yeah. to me, like, if you want to bet the Kevin Durant angle, it's Golden State. That's the one angle I have for you. I don't think it happens. Marcus Thompson doesn't think it happens, and I trust Marcus Thompson. But that, to me, is if you're looking to bet KD, that's the best way to look at it. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I logged my Golden State title ticket within, like, 20 minutes after the Kevin Durant uh, tweet came out that he was going to try to get traded. Just like, 
well, we know what the trade could be. We know that the Warriors have Wiggins and they got the young guys. They got Jordan Poole. Like I know Wiggins can't go to Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is sure screwing a lot of this up because all these guys can't be traded with Ben Simmons because of the rules, the way they're set up on the rookie extensions. It doesn't matter if that's the trade. If that's where Durant decided you want to go, Wiggins is good. We just saw him in the finals. They could find a third team for that. That's not going to hold things up. I, I agree. If you buy a Golden State ticket, your two outcomes are either I have a free ticket at minus something that I got at a six to one or seven to one. If Durant comes there and you're sitting on a gold mine and it's certainly a gold mine that you can pivot off of or worst case scenario, you have a ticket on Steph and Draymond and clay and all the guys that just run it back and do it again. And you know, there are worse things in life. So I, I, that angle is still there. If you buy it at all, if your book offers cash outs, I think a Toronto getting something on Toronto, if they're still at like 50 to one, like their odds aren't going to drop. They're not going to suddenly be a longer shot to win the finals. So if you just nibble a little bit on the long shot, sure, that's fine. But I agree. Phoenix, Miami, like the other kind of contending teams, the teams he said he wants to go to, it, it's just a wait and see. Like even as I kind of looked at my various projections and where we're at, I, who knows? I don't know. I have just question marks on on Phoenix and on Brooklyn and on Miami. Uh, let me ask this, just in closing this out. Could you just make the same argument for Phoenix that we just did for Golden State? That, well, don't I just want a Phoenix ticket anyway? They were just the one seed. And if they don't get Durant, well, they just bring back Aiton and they'll just have their same team and run it back again and I'll have a Phoenix ticket. No. Uh, someone will make that argument. You don't buy it. No. So it's plus 650 at that MGM. And the problem is, is that I don't think Aiton comes back. Like there is a pretty decent chance that Phoenix just loses Aiton and they get like whatever in return. And they've already taken on money as a KD favorite, right? They go from like plus yeah. 900 to plus 600, Like they moved down. Like they were, the original number was pretty absurd. I wanted to see what happened with Aiden. That's the only reason I didn't include them. I said, you need to see what happens with Aiden, but the KD prospect balances that out. And now I don't think the value is great here. Um, if KD goes to Phoenix, you still got Chris Paul at this point in his career. They obviously had chemistry issues last year. There's the possibility of distractions with ownership. Um, they might just lose Aiden for nothing. If they do the KD trade, it's Aiden and Mikhail Bridges, and then you lose some defense. Just wait. Like the number on the Suns will not be the best now or right after the trade. If you want to bet the Suns, just wait. Let's let's get to Christmas and see where we're at. I even if it's just like they're going to be a juggernaut, the juggernaut at minus one twenty five is still fine. Like we can we can wait and still get there. Most 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 title favorites going into the playoffs are still the plus number. I look back at this historically, yeah. and there's a very good chance that that's going to happen anyway. So you'll have an opportunity to do that later. So the only bet I have for you right now is the Warriors for the Kevin Durant move. Let's wrap it up there. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back on Thursday with another episode, breaking down whatever else happens, whatever markets become available. Make sure to hit us on Twitter. I'm going to HB Basketball. Brandon's at Wheaton Brando. Download the Action Network app. It's the award-winning app. It's the best way for you to track your picks, as well as get up to the second information on all sorts of cool betting stuff. Keep it right there. For more news throughout the offseason, we'll be back on Thursday with another episode. Let's get buckets.